And welcome back to the Off the Clock Show. You're joined once again with your hosts after the new year, Sean Gervais from Orbisex CRM and Marty, Mr. Marshall Hill from the Pints of Polishing Podcast, as well as Hyper Clean Car Care Products. Well, it's el año nuevo. It's a new year, 2024. That's it. Did you make your resolutions? <laughs> just keep no, kicking I finished that, it. Right? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why people have these resolutions that go on all year long. Like, no, no just let's get it over with, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I always wanted to just like open a really nice fancy gym in January and close it in February. <laughs> just get all those initial memberships, and then they stop coming. Mm. Yeah, me, I don't do that stuff either, you know. But uh, yeah, we had a, we had a really good holiday though. Um, this one, this was really good. We saw more family now, and uh, we're in a bigger house. We got a bigger house, more rooms, so we could have family over, and uh, it worked. We tried a few other things first, you know. We bought a piece of land halfway because we're kind of we're in the middle of two cities, where my family's from, and then where my wife's family's from. And we bought a you know property here in the middle so that we can travel back and forth easily. But then we weren't seeing her family as much because they don't like to, you know, travel, things like that as, as much as we do. So we said, okay, let's buy a piece of land halfway in between the halfway point and then maybe. And then we, you know, built a little place there and stuff. And uh, that still didn't work. We were a little closer, but we were still the ones doing the traveling. So we said, you know what? Forget it. Let's go back to the city. So we went back to the city, sold that piece of land. We bought this other house that we're in now. And uh, it was just a bigger house. And we said, maybe now they'll come. Now that there's more space, there's pool, there's this, there's that. And sure enough, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, oh yeah. Now they won't leave. <laughs> Sweet. But which is good. You know, it's it's nice to, to see family and stuff, which is good. Uh, but this was definitely our biggest, longest holiday. because uh, usually people come for a day or two. This time people came. Uh, so one couple just left. They were here three weeks. So yeah. When I say people came, they came. <laughs> they had their little baby with them and everything. And yeah, yeah, they just went back to their house today. Yesterday. Yesterday, sir. I mean, what do they do <laughs> for a like, living that they can be gone for three weeks? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's funny, actually. So he was doing roofing and stuff like that, and then seasonal. So we have this thing here, okay. EI, employment insurance. So he was getting paid out that. But then he was looking for work, wanted to change a career and stuff like that. We were looking for more help at the shop as a young guy. So I had a meeting with the team and I was like, hey guys, what do you think we bring in someone else and train them up on stuff? So anyway, now he's wearing an auto world shirt. So we hired him. Okay. And yeah, you know, you find some good workers and you're like, uh, let's go. So yeah, 22 year old kid, super resourceful. And then we got the snow plow stuff going now. So he's working, doing the cars during the day and then he'll come home. And then afterwards he, he goes out and he's doing the snow stuff for another hour or two hours in the evening. And, Life is good, you know. When you find so, in a sense, you're your own reason. You can't be mad. Like <laughs> he's there three weeks. It's your own fault. This is true. This is true. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But uh, but you know, I, I was kind of feeling him out to see. I was like, you know, maybe we could hire this guy. So yeah, that's why he was here three weeks. <laughs> it was a long interview. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. Yeah. So we got him a little apartment too. Uh, him and his girlfriend, uh, not far from nice. here. Yeah, that way, because they were living in Montreal. So then uh, they were looking to move provinces, start fresh in uh, in Ottawa. And it's perfect, man, because he, I love hiring people from Quebec because they speak fluent French. And so we're right on the border between Quebec and Ontario. So it really helps when we get a lot of customers that come in or they call. And it really helps when we can service them in both languages because uh, here they take it pretty seriously. Like the, the francophones, uh, they want to be served in their, you know, 
it's uh, they're like, no, no, it's a bilingual country. You speak my language, you know? And so when you can't, some of them, you know, they'll struggle through with you and they'll kind of whatever. But some of them, the minute they find out you've got French staff, that almost alone is enough to close the deal. So it's a uh, yeah, handy resource, you know? But yeah, uh, yeah. and then <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they, they use it against us because we have different tinting laws for the windshields, or sorry, for the windows. So in Quebec, you can have zero tint on the, the front windshields, basically. They, the police want to be able to see right through. And so a lot of people, they come over to Ontario side to get their windows tinted because we can do them a little bit darker. But when we see the you know, Quebec plates, we're like, hey, listen, if you're going to be going home, though, you have to sign this waiver and you got to understand, like, we're legally allowed to tint any vehicle. What you do with it when it leaves our facility is up to you, you know? And so then they go and they get a ticket and then all of a sudden they come back, oh, come on, you know, you speak my language, you're my friend and this and that. And they, they want us to somehow pay the ticket. It's not happening, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a strange thing. But the police now they've started. Uh, they pull you over and they just give you a razor blade and they make you take it off right there. Yeah, they're serious with it. Oh yeah. And so we always advise people. We say, listen, if you travel there for work or if you live over there, just don't even bother. You know, like even our truck, we've got uh, I think fifty percent on the front, so you can still see through. So it's not too visible when you're driving driving but i won't go darker than that like people here they get you know 35 20 percent it's not worth it man you, nah, you know, it's too dark too pulls you over yeah, and yeah exactly and then the next thing still, you know, yeah. the the road. And, and they're not nice about it they'll keep you there for like an hour and a half they'll make you take the whole thing off and they'll just sit there and they'll investigate it with their little tester and their lights <laughs> it's nuts <laughs> anyway cash grab you know but uh hmm. Well, yeah, so anyway, that's a long-winded story about my holidays. It was great. And uh, how about yourself? I know you were in Rio for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and it was uh, – listen, I, I sent you that picture of Christmas. Like, when else oh, – I'll never write them in. Just chilling out. It's like 90 degrees, sitting in a pool. You got palm trees around. I'm just like, well, I'm yeah. not in Oklahoma anymore. You know, like, the hell? This is, uh, this is pretty interesting. But, yeah, man, it was – you know – divorce is handled much different in America and American culture than, than their culture. Like mm. I'm still, you know, it, it took me a little bit to get used to having her ex-husband at the party, uh. at the family party, like <laughs> still very much a part of the family. I mean, wow. listen, I I've got, I've got beers, uh, you know, they, their family all gave me, which was fun, right? They, they know about the different podcasts. And so they, they gave me a bunch of their nice. local beers for, for right. Christmas. Uh, Man, this beer weird. is from her ex-husband. Yeah. I was <laughs> supposed to give a gift to him and which oh, I did, shit. I just grabbed, I went to the liquor store and got a, you know, one of those crown Royal gift packs. Right. So she's got yeah. some crown Royal and Perfect. you know, some stuff. And like, I was like, okay, like, the dude was there at Christmas, his whole family, uh, you know, exchanging gifts, the whole family dancing. Too. I mean, like literally wow. they started coming in. I, I think at like four 30 or five in the afternoon on Christmas Eve. And then we opened up gifts. I mean, literally from then. And I, it's, <laughs> I sent you a picture. I sent you a picture of that little hut, like the little cooking hut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, so they all have these little huts that you know they just put some uh, little like charcoal wood down at the bottom, and then it's just a a slow cook. 
that then throughout the afternoon, right? You're just drinking beer, drinking whatever. Walk over, grab some meat that they just freshly got off, maybe some cheese bread. And like we snacked on that till dinner. And dinner was like this, you know, they brought people in to cook and like they had kegs. I mean, they were there till like two in the morning. I think like two thirty all day. Yeah. And then literally came back at like 11 or so the next day to to then, you know, party again. And then we were like, you know, then we were in swim trunks and it was a day and we were like, but it was just. That's wild, man. It's wild. And at the same time, it's respectful. Like, you know, you got kids together. You're technically still family. Like, and I've got no, I don't have a. Maybe yeah, like you have a malice or something, you know. There's no well, right, and I don't, and I don't have a maybe that they're gonna do something, right? Like, mm. I think there's a lot of men that would be like, no, you know, like I, I, yeah. I really don't. I'm comfortable enough with my relationship that I don't have that this ex husband's gonna try yeah. anything, you know, like hundred percent. And you it, have to be at that level of comfort where it's like you can trust the fact that even if he did try something. Your wife's gonna be like, no, no, what are you doing? Leave and then come tell you about exactly. it. Exactly. You know I mean, and if you yeah. don't have that, it's you know, it's funny. But, I, I I take a similar yeah. approach with employees, uh, real quick, because I get asked a lot. Oh, I want to block this from my employees, or block that, or block this, or block that. I don't want them to see the invoices or the price of events and stuff. And for us at our shop, like we we just hire people we trust, and if we can't trust them to like make an invoice for a customer, they don't belong in our shop. Like, you got to understand, if you can't make an invoice, I'm not going to trust him to go work on a car that's $80,000, $100,000. Like, it's just not going to happen. You know, and it's that's where I think all relationships are similar in that regard, where it's it's got to be built on some sort of trust, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. I, I agree. You know, it's yeah. you, and to be able to have, I think it's just, it's cool to know that there's a family dynamic like that. Like, I would yeah. never ever and i'll repeat it ever with my ex-wife and her family ever You're not going for christmas the exchange gifts hell no <laughs> like ever mm-hmm. but they do and it's cool and i'm good with it you know yeah. like he's a cool dude we had a good time that's the thing is i think that the way relationships are handled there are likely different than and maybe it's not true of all of them but right you know, yeah. already, you know maybe the way it's handled is different because here it's very much a, like uh it's very formal, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, imagine same as in the U S it's a, you know, divorces are very formal thing and it's very much a separation, you know, yeah. it's like literally like you're cutting ties with the other, you know, but um, like, I do know some couples that they, they split and they have, you know, shared kids. So they, they continue raising the kids together and they're very cool with each other, but then the new boyfriend comes in and he's not okay with it or something like that. And um, in those cases, like the the girl that we knew, she was a mutual friend. Uh, she ended up just breaking up with that boyfriend. She was like, listen, like, I have no intention of getting back with this guy. But we have a daughter together and he's a nice guy and he's moved on. I've moved on. We just fell out of love. Like, what's the problem? You know, but uh, yeah, I don't think a lot of people are built for that here anyways. You know, so that's interesting, man. That's <laughs> Jeez, so that's uh, that's an experience, you know, it was. It was, it was an experience, you know, like, uh, and it was an experience because we took my 80-year-old mother, who yeah. is a conservative, 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 <laughs> like, so you know, and inside their family is a lot of non-conservative people. Let's mm-hmm. just say there was at one point in time uh, <laughs> a hot tub with bubbles going on. So 
you know, I just had to let mom look away, right? This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like, come on, mom, just, just go ahead and look away. But exactly. she had a good time. You know, she, she did. She had a good time, made, made friends, kept talking to people in English, thinking why they didn't understand her. I don't know. It was like, it's crazy. I think the funniest part was she was trying to like, you know, uh, kind of become one with them in their, their lifestyle. And it's like, there's this happens with Americans who go travel overseas. It happened when I would take teams over to Asia in the past, uh, you know, they would want to like, uh, you know, kind of be with them in their poverty in their lower income. And they would be, my mom said this thing, she goes, you know, I, I understand, you know, the washing dishes this way or, you know, doing things because my grandparents went through the depression. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, like, hold on, mom. The depression wasn't just in the U.S., first of all. Yeah. And second of all, these people, which I told her, I go, Mom, these people are pretty, I mean, a lot of these people are living the same lifestyle as maybe your grandpa. So you, that's such an American way of saying, like, Mom, just go ahead and just be quiet. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Like, just go ahead and be quiet. You know, like, it's my grandpa lived in the Great Depression. Yeah. It's like this. This is their life always. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's it's true. It is that difference, you know. And it's um, we had some friends when we were living in the islands. They came to visit us, and where we lived was, so the island we were on, there was very much a rich diaspora, and then there was a very poor diaspora, and there was no sort of middle ground. Uh, maybe things have changed now. It's been a long time since I was there, but uh, you know, six years ago, anyways, there was very much a clear divide we kind of fell into the middle ground, but there was no middle ground that existed. And so like on one side, like Oprah Winfrey, she has like three houses there. So that was like the one side. And then the other side was everybody else. Right. And so we were more financially set, obviously, than a lot of the locals that were there, but we definitely weren't like, I wasn't like Steve Jobs' wife. She used to park her boat. Like we, we lived by Port Louis and she used to park her boat outside there. I couldn't even afford to park a boat there. You know what I mean? She was paying like 150K a week just, just to park the boat there. You know what I mean? Like it was, so anyway, but there were those people and then there was everyone else. And so we kind of fell in this thing. And then we had some people come visit uh, from back home. And when they got there, they were like, oh, the apartment's a lot nicer than I thought it would be. And I was like, well, people don't live in like shacks. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just made out of cardboard. Um, but then they would say, oh, geez, I'm, I'm amazed that, you know, like, you don't have this here or there isn't that or there isn't that and they were like geez like are they working on that or something and they just seemed so disconnected like it was something like oh you just snap your fingers and the economy's different you know but it was it was all those differences that they just and so then they were like so they live like this all the time and they were really baffled by the fact that yeah a big part of the world lives like that you know and it's hard to say it because you just don't want to be that person but some of it is right. intellect. A, like a big part of it is, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like uh, the one thing that I was missing actually when I was there, I have that you know venture capitalist entrepreneurial mindset. I needed things to be able to do and, and get done, and that was lacking there. A lot of it because you know the education system, and like it was rare that I would meet people that had read books. Um, you know, and it was just exactly thing back home so I was always looking for these opportunities and there were lots but it was in you know things I didn't want to pursue so I missed that kind of hustling grind from back home you know mm -hmm. and it was, yeah you're you're absolutely right they're yeah. much more comfortable with hanging out and drinking beer all day and just that is their well. culture they're, so yeah. it's like 
no reason to try and like let them be happy yeah. like yeah. just join with them in their life like it's the way i kind of always traveled like i'm not trying to go someplace and change it i'm just trying to go and experience yeah. it. that's like, the whole like, experience life. thing you know like you yeah. show up and like uh whatever like i don't know take the the aboriginal people and like let's make them more like civilized and stuff and it's like the way they're living is probably fine <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just different that's all just different yeah yeah i did send you though i sent you that picture of that big old pecan pecan yes you did oh my god yeah Mm -hmm. and i was supposed to go pick up mine today and there's a snowstorm so i can't go today um unfortunately but uh i mean i could brave it but uh i'm not gonna die for pecan yeah and listen (laughs) hey in any country no matter where you are there's always areas that are nicer than others sure this is what it is right like yeah. Just because we're in a third world country doesn't mean that there's not really nice places. And of course. Yeah. We found a nice meat market. We went, you know, butcher. That was that I guess that he was just probably the owner of the store. He wouldn't have been the butcher himself, but you know, they would buy it and then re, you know, put it into their store. And okay. you pull into a gated, a gated place right. that had all kinds of cool little shops, but also had a Range Rover dealership, yeah. Mercedes. Right. Poor, like it was yeah, a very yeah. small dealership yeah, with yeah. A full of cars but well, you know still, they, yeah. there's always going to be places that you can go to find nice good things when you want to and and it was good meat now i, I talked to the guy which i was telling you i was, I was like hey listen i, I want to check on the way i'm cutting this but make sure everything's going right and you know he had some different ways of explaining you know, he, he even talked about you could just turn it this way and just cut it. And I'm like, I mean, you can yeah. go back to that first thing where he was trying to talk about this, you know, because I was trying to get a translator at the same time. My wife was trying to translate at the same time. But it, it anyway, I basically had solved out in his first one where he goes, you, you take this line straight down the middle, you, okay. you trim off those excess stuff and that's your prime cut, which is basically what I always, I think you are this and he goes, what I do. It's, it's what I always do. Anyway, yeah. we talked about on the, uh, the episode there at the end with your wife, then you take those excess, those trimmed off pieces that aren't the best. Those aren't the prime cuts. Grinder. And you use those to put into the meat grinder yeah. or I'll throw them on like as a faster part of the cook so they can be out early and people can get some snacks, but you know, yeah. yeah he, That's you what we're making a of those. Oh man, that's Just what wait. I'm excited for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm excited for. It's gonna be a game changer. You're probably gonna ruin every other cut of like beef and steak for me, like hundred percent. Oh, there's still other good cuts, right? There's still good I cuts. Hope so. of beef. I hope so. Because yeah. <laughs> this stuff's hard to find up here. Oh my god, like it's it, it's easier to find other things. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> things we shouldn't be able to find here. <laughs> but it's easier off the clock uh, there we go off the clock yeah yeah exactly Mm. but yeah i'm excited to try that 100 that's coming um so this christmas we did cook a lot of food but uh surprisingly we cooked a lot of new food um which was cool so we kind of did this not a competition but we did this thing where um my wife and i we so we order from this place called sealand and they have all kinds of stuff they have like they work with local farmers uh, some abroad some here and so we get, you know, seafood, for example, they work with fishermen that right on the boat, they have freezers, they, you know, what is it, uh, fast freezers, anyway, they have a term for it, um, but they, they do it right on the boat, and then they ship it over, 
we pay a little bit more, but the quality is just, you can't even yeah. compare. It's yeah. night and day. And so we said, okay, so we bought all these boxes from them, just tried different things, you know? So we had these like Argentinian shrimp and different stuff. And we said, okay, so let's not go to the grocery store at all. And let's just take a look at what we have in the house and the freezer and everything. So, look, we have three freezers here. There's no reason why we should go out. You know what I mean? So I said, okay, let's take a look at what we got. Let's just make meals out of everything, you know? And man, I'm telling you, we found clever ways of pairing things. We looked a lot on YouTube for different, you know, like recipes from people and stuff. And the interesting part was there were a lot of recipes from famous people, you know, Gordon Ramsay, stuff like that, of course, Jamie Oliver. But we said, you know, let's check out some off the beaten path, just someone that's, you know, cooking with their dad or someone that's, you know, like their mother's recipe or something like that. Let's just try and reproduce those. And so we did that. And I'm telling you, man, we found some golden ones. Not only that, but we learned quite a bit just from the conversations that these people were having. It was super informative. It was it was pretty cool. Like we learned there were little tricks that they would say like, oh, you know, uh, my, my mom used to store her salt like this or she used to do this and that. And like just weird little things, you know, and I was thinking about that. And I was like, man, you could literally become an expert on so many things in a very short period of time nowadays. Like I already knew this for certain things because, yeah, you can go to, you know, the bookstore, get some books, audio books, whatever the case is. You can learn a lot of stuff. But we live in a day and age where people just feel compelled to share things like I doubt that person that we watched is ever going to reach like, you know, the platinum plaque status with YouTube. They're not going to make you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they're uploading these videos to just share it out there. It's just out there. Man. It's crazy. Like you can learn anything about anything. And I know we know this, but when you sit and actually think about what would it have been like a hundred years ago and you had to try and fix a zipper or you had 15. To try- 15 yeah that's true you don't even have to go back that far <laughs> that's true it, like the process was so much more difficult you know yeah. and i think that's where I, i'm assuming you're like me but i think our generation we get frustrated a lot with the younger generation especially for those of you listening that have kids when they don't really you know try stuff like they can't figure something out so they instantly need help or employees if they can't figure, and you don't like, think that's every generation and it probably is. It probably is. I know. I did try a lot of shit when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, no, I'm a kid, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Me, I read a lot to try and figure shit out. I didn't have YouTube, but if I did back then, my God, where I would yeah. be today. Yeah. If I had YouTube, but I can't barely read. So back then, I didn't read anything. Okay, so yeah. You were just like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Fair enough. I just tried to figure it out. I just tried to do it, you know? Yeah. yeah That's why error. even today, I, I, it's not even till now in my mid forties where if I get like, you know, we get, get a Roomba or, you know, different things we bought, like something recently. And it, uh, I, I actually began to open up and look at instructions. Ah, yeah, yeah. 45 years. It took me to actually start because it's I was just tired of somebody that. sitting on me. Why don't you look at it? Why don't you like, because yeah. I like figuring things out. So, you know, I just want to figure it out. I'm like, okay, 100%. fine. Fuck it. I'll, yeah. I'll read the directions now, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I used to be the same way. Exactly. Now I read the instructions for all kinds of shit. Like even, yeah. uh, so it's just we, easier. It, it really is, man. It, it is. <laughs> and everybody else is like, well, duh. Yeah. That's why they did it. I'm like, I can't it, but I just it, couldn't exactly. do it. Exactly. And the, <laughs> The smaller the instructions, honestly, the less likely I am to actually read any of them. 
Like uh-huh. if it's like we buy stuff on Amazon, it'll come and it's like one page of instructions. I'm like, if it's that short, I can figure this out, you know, throw it out. And it's usually something where I, I build the whole thing. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot that one piece. But that means I have to take apart the whole thing just to go back to the beginning. <laughs> I can appreciate. I think the reason why I'm, I'm actually doing instructions now, I can appreciate the amount of pictures they're starting to put in. I mean, most everything uh, now has picture diagrams. Listen, yeah. we didn't have picture diagrams back in the day. That's true. And not only that, but let's be honest. The majority of products come from other countries. There's a big one in particular. And sometimes the translation isn't exact, you know? And so like I, before they had the pictures, you would read something and it would just be butchered English and you're trying to figure it out. And it would almost be more difficult because of that, or you would make a mistake because of that. But now with the pictures, it's, it's yeah, night and day. But uh, you know, who surprisingly, has garbage instructions. Well, maybe not surprisingly, but IKEA. Yeah, I find their instructions. Their instructions are okay, but I'm just surprised that such a forward-thinking company hasn't caught up with technology in a big way. Where there's, you know, like every every instruction manual should have some sort of a a link to a video or something. Um, and the reason I mention this, I bought something on Amazon the other day from just an independent seller, and it came and there was uh, it was some cabinets that I had to put together. And there was a little QR code. I scanned it and it was literally somebody walking me through. Here's how you install this. And he started with, in case you want to just try this on your own, here's the two things you need to know so you don't make a mistake. And he just went and he said, make sure you do this part first and make sure you do that. Now, if you want to go ahead and start, go for it. And then he jumped into the full instructions. So I watched that and I did what every man I'm sure would do. I was like, I've got enough now. I got this. Hold my beard. Exactly. And you know what? I did it perfectly. And he was right. Had I not had those two little pieces of advice, there was this little bar I had to put on the bottom for a support. But the way the instructions were set up, it came later on. And so I would have looked at that and it almost matched this other bar. And I would have put that in the wrong spot. And then would have had to take the whole thing apart. Would have been a nightmare. But I put it in the right place. He gave me those two tips. I was good to go. So that was, anyway, instructions, you know, but uh, yeah it's an important thing you know and uh so you know actually speaking of instructions for anyone that hasn't had a chance to use uh hyper clean care products right now you will appreciate the instructions i find the instructions on your bottles really straightforward clean simple short exactly what you need to know there's no fluff and i i say that without taking it lightly i i promise you I read the back of a lot of you know products mainly because I'm curious about things like stories like even this here got a bottle of Bacardi. I've read everything on here. They have this thing about how to make the perfect drink and stuff like that. I read product bottles, product labels. It's kind of just a well, that's oh. your thing. Yeah. yeah, it's my thing. It's my thing. Yeah, you know, I'll pass that on. That uh, Nick Nick does all that. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, I had previously, and then even the first stuff we put out together. We didn't have instructions yeah. on anything. So many people began saying, hey, we really like to have instructions. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. like <laughs> It's something you might think is like, this is super obvious. You don't need instructions. Right? That's what we thought. But no, everybody wants instructions. So yeah, Nick does a great job of writing those. He does it all. Beautiful, yeah. Because yeah. you know what instructions do? Even if you already know, it's like, okay, I know how to do whatever. It either 
just confirms me yeah reassures yeah. gives you that confidence that okay this is how i'm supposed to do it but at the same time too i think it gives you that confidence that if ever there was an issue with a customer it's like okay this this company's taking the time to outline how to use their product so if there's ever an issue with a customer it's likely if i did everything by the instructions that the customer something else is going on you know what i mean so it's just that yeah that further reassurance in the product i don't know I think it's important. Like I've gotten things before that are just stupid instructions and we see them every day, right? You're in an airplane and there's that door. Like, why would you ever try and open that door? And it says like, please do not open and stuff like that's not written for me and you, obviously. But it reassures me that if someone on the plane is not as, you know, travel worthy as me or, you know, that they're going to see that and be like, oh shit, don't open this door. So I feel, I feel a little safer. Because no, they're not writing it for me and you. We're we're gonna read that and be like, okay, like, don't open the fucking door. Obviously, you know what I mean. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, well done on the instructions. I guess is my point. <laughs> but speaking of that, I'll transition into my tip. Um, so, the back of bottles, shampoo bottles, for example, all kinds of bottles. They have a contact number. Have you ever called those numbers? Hmm. Never. Yeah, most people haven't. A lot of people do. And there's a lot of books that have been written about this that have, you know, talks about product mavens and they put numbers on there because the people that call in, those are the ones you really want to take care of because they're the ones that are going to go out there in the world and talk about your product and shout about it and become brand ambassadors, right? So there's a product that we all, many of us anyways, have consumed this past holiday that you may not think would have a number because why would it? And I'm sure you're familiar with butterball turkeys. Most people are. So the Butterball Turkey Company has a Butterball hotline. And it was started in 1981, which is pretty crazy. So they've maintained this hotline for 30 plus years, 40 plus years, whatever. And you got to think, who would buy a turkey and call the number? <laughs> like, what questions do people you People need help to make turkeys. People need help to make turkeys. And so... They're fearful of it. They're unsure. So in this case, for example, ceramic coating products, you might be unsure how to install it. And that's why a lot of companies have, you know, installer days and training sessions and stuff like that. But one advantage of working with a company like HyperClean is you can actually contact them and they'll help you. They're in the process of putting together, you know, training videos and things like that on how to, how to use things. And they're not doing that for fun. They're doing that because... People have questions. So Marty, as I'm sure you'll agree, some installers will have questions, but I guarantee you more customers will have questions. So when they, jumping back to the turkey stuff for a minute, when they set up the hotline, they had six home economists. That's who they hired. And what they were, their whole goal was, we're going to set up this hotline. You got to think it's back in the 80s. Google didn't exist. All these, you know, things that we use nowadays, YouTube and stuff, they didn't exist. The only way to get questions, you know, answered from a company was usually to telephone or to write in. So they set up this hotline. The goal was they wanted to use some of the material for funny commercials. They figured they would get some funny questions about turkeys, like how many turkeys or how many feathers does a turkey have or some random shit. And they could maybe do something funny with it. They thought they would get a couple calls. So they only hired six people. That season, because they do everything by seasons, they sell turkeys, so it's it's not an all-year kind of thing. They got 11,000-plus phone calls. 
Imagine that. And six people had to handle all those phone calls. And all they had was a three-ring binder with just possible answers to questions that they may get. So a lot of the questions, obviously, were questions that they never saw before. So they had to research them and so on and so forth. So that program has now grown. They now have live chat, email, SMS, you know, the, the phone calls still and all that stuff. They now, per season, get 100,000 messages. 100,000 messages about turkeys, okay? On their website, they have a thing with a phone number and it says, let's talk turkey. That's what they have on their website. Now, the crazy thing is, you know, they get, you know, a lot of good questions and everyone that works for them is either an ex-chef or has a degree in some sort of culinary specialty. So these are like trained people and they all go to the Butterball University to learn about turkeys so they can better answer these questions um, for, the, for the potential customers or existing customers. And anyway, long story short is that this company has invested so much into a hotline and all they do is sell turkey. And the reason being is because they understand the power of questions and answers from your customers. And I think that a lot of us as detailers don't fully understand that. And we think we already know the questions and we know the answers. So when we're crafting our ads, we're building our website, or we're putting together automations and we're writing our text, all of the things that we're doing, we assume we already know the question that the customer has as well as the answer. And we don't have a process in place for getting additional questions. Some of us, you know, will encounter questions because, okay, we answer the phone when leads are calling in or whatever the case may be. And we understand those kind of questions we get. But if you have a staff member and they're not documenting those questions and they're just answering them, you have no idea how often that question comes up. You have no idea if there's variations of those questions, things like that. So how are you supposed to strategically do your marketing if you're not even sure what the questions are? So I challenge every business out there to ask your customer questions about questions that they have. And you can do this before an appointment, during an appointment, or after an appointment. Find out the questions that went unanswered, the ones that were too scared to ask. Put some funny answers maybe on your website in an FAQ section, funny questions you got with the response or something like that. And then guide your customers through this journey to collect those questions so you can better answer them. Because the main thing we try to do when we're selling coatings, for example, what, what does everybody focus on? They put a picture of a shiny car and then they put the number of years. And they say, you get 10 years, you get lifetime. You get, we've all heard this bullshit. Does the customer even care? Is that a question that they were wondering that you're answering? Because likely there's other questions that they're wondering. So if you were to focus maybe more on their lifestyle based on the car that they drive, instead of you get eight years of coding and I feel great, instead of that, what if you said, this is protection for 10,000 trips to your daughter's school. This is protection for 80 road trips with the family. That means a lot more than eight years. And then the picture of the Ferrari that you put in there when most of your customers are coming in, driving a Toyota Prius, you're targeting the wrong demographic because you're assuming you're answering the question that hasn't even been asked. You're providing an answer to something you don't even care about. And so take the butterball theory, the butterball hotline, 
and set yourself up your own hotline. It doesn't have to be a number that people can call in just to ask questions about things, but start to document the questions that you get on live chat, email, SMS, wherever it happens to come in. Start to document the questions you're getting and start to ask more probing questions saying, is there anything I didn't answer today? What's it? No questions, stupid. What's the craziest thing that you wanted to know about this product or the, the company we use? Maybe it's important to them where the product is manufactured. Maybe it's important to them the ethics of that company. Are they, how do you find working with your chemical supplier? Do you find that HyperClean cares about the environment? Well, actually, let me tell you about that. Yes, they do. They were the first ones to pioneer sending out stuff in a concentrated form so that you could mix it on location to save water. They do care about things like this. You can throw those things into your marketing and you're going to answer questions that you didn't even know your customer had. So that's going to be my challenge to you. And number two is when you're doing your marketing, there's free information out there. As I told Martin before we started this, I have a list, 10 things. They're not tips, guys. You only get one tip this holiday season. But, uh, <laughs> so, but it is a list of the top 10 cars from NASDAQ Okay, based on how long the average customer keeps those vehicles. So while you're out there and you're pushing, my coding lasts eight years, my coding lasts 15 years, my coding lasts a lifetime, my coding will be around when your grandkids turn to dust. While you're out there pushing that and peddling that, not even sure if your customer gives a shit, you're putting pictures of Ferraris or pictures of other cars because you think that's what's going to help sell it better but you're literally targeting a guy that doesn't own one, doesn't care about one, that's not resonating with them. So the number one car on this list is a Toyota Prius. By far, people that keep their car the longest, on average, they say 15 plus years is what the average Prius owner will want to keep their vehicle. That's based on new and used our sales data globally. Toyota Prius, tip number one. Then we have Toyota Highlander. Number one, are you starting to see a trend here with the brand? So maybe you should switch all your brand to focusing on Toyotas because two, three, four, five are all Toyotas. So we've got one Toyota Prius, two Toyota Highlander, three the Tacoma, Sienna and the Tundra. Now, out of those, you got to look, and only one of those is actually a car. The if this was those, 10, 20 years ago, it'd be the Corolla. I still am surprised. 100%. How, I do agree. <laughs> how's the Corolla not on there? Uh, right? Exactly. But those are all newer Toyota models, though, right? The Corolla is an older yeah. model. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I agree with you because even my, my mother in law, she's got a 2006 Toyota. Actually, she's a Camry. She's a Camry. But okay, still, Camry or Camry Corolla. Corolla yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She's got a 2006, and I think she only has like 70,000 kilometers on it in miles. I don't know what that is 35,000. Like it's it's a baby, you know? But uh, yeah, so then we switch into Honda CRV, Honda Pilot, Subaru Forester, Toyota 4Runner, and the Toyota Sequoia. So you got to think most of that list is Toyota, and most of that list. Well, actually, all of that list, sorry, does not include Ferrari, Lamborghini, my truck, Land Rover is nowhere on there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, there's no Porsche. There's no Mercedes. Do I plan on keeping my vehicle 15 plus years? Not a chance. I don't even think there's a Land Rover out there that lasts that long. <laughs> but my point is, 
you're likely speaking in the wrong demographic because you're trying to answer questions that haven't been asked. And by asking yourself, what is the guy driving the Toyota Prius? What does he care about in the coding for his car? Does he care that it lasts eight years or whatever? He's already planning to keep the car 15 years. Is it going to be? So what else is it about the vehicle that he cares about? It's the day-to-day -day stuff, the maintenance. So if you focus on that side of things, I think you'll do a lot better. And I think focusing on the, you know, returning visits and keeping the interior clean and so on and so forth. Those are, those are where you're going to really strike home with them. And what are they using the Prius for? You know, so they don't necessarily care about the car's appearance. I'm sure they do to some degree, but I wouldn't say as much as someone that maybe has a Ferrari. They're less concerned with another person's perception of them. Yeah, but, but you got a couple of nice, you got Highlander, right? Yeah, very nice. Highlander's Absolutely. a nice, a nice vehicle. Yeah. You got a couple of Toyotas on there that, and some of those CRVs, 100%. you can, you can get up there. I mean, there was quite oh, a few nice vehicles on there but that you could go market you, at. Yeah. For sure. But the, the, oh yeah. And I'm not suggesting market to a Prius necessarily. Yeah, but, that's my point. I'm going, huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's no, leave the Prius not. guy alone. Like, <laughs> He, whatever they want to call themselves like exactly. let them just be you know just be alone <laughs> but the point is is that it's not a ferrari the mentality is going to be completely different you know so someone that's driving a forerunner is going to be a lot different mentality than someone driving a ferrari or lamborghini absolutely so using that in yeah. your marketing is is counterintuitive i would argue you know every time and i think that the individual person their purchasing habits their purchasing patterns aren't going to be congruent with your marketing if you're targeting that side of things. Yeah. And we are almost pretty close on, on, on our tips for today. So oh, no way. yeah, mine, mine came yeah. out of a new, uh, a, a, a new Orvis X user hey. that uh, has now done his interview uh, and he's, he's went through everything and he's gotten everything started and, and we were chatting awesome. And, you know, in his in his interview with uh, with Aaron, Aaron did a great job of suggesting, hey, man, you, you got quite a few packages. Why don't we kind of narrow these down? Sure, you like, once we kind of. So, you know, the interesting part of the conversation that him and I had was, OK, it, well, you do need to. And we'll get into packages. It was like, but who are you talking to? Yeah. And that's that's where a lot of what. You know, you said, yeah. you know, it, it makes sense because, you know, I told him, I said, let's look at your website. And, and you know, this is common and, and it happens so much in, you know, there's these people that come and build your websites and they've they've done a great job in the industry and they always do. But it's so generic normally. Yeah. Right. Even and most of the time content, it's still generic. <laughs> it's so generic, you know, and they'll say you need this for SEO. And they'll put, you know, you'll be on the front website and it's like, what is a ceramic coating? Which is what he did. And then he just lists out this all generic information. Yeah. I'm like, listen, dude, you did a great job. And the SEO guys are going to love you for this. I said, yeah. but it's so generic. I said, when do you ever go to a website and look for generic information? Mm. Yeah, never. It, you really Unless don't. I'm looking for I mean, instructions for IKEA. <laughs> yeah, or it's because the answer would be you go to a website because you're looking at a generic thing, right? You're not mm -hmm. looking at somebody's specific business, right? You might be looking at, 
you know, you're wanting information. And so if a company wants to put out the generic information, then the appropriate place would be over on the blog. Yeah. And that is awesome. where you should put out as much general information about car tires, about wheels, about car windshields, about color red cars, about color white cars. Put whatever yeah. generic information you can dream of on your blog. But... <laughs> But do not take up the landscape <laughs> on your exactly. on your main page, talking generically, you know. So, if and this is a quote I, I had from from Darwin, he says, "A man who wastes a single hour in the day doesn't fully understand the value of life." Mm. Hun, yeah. not gonna argue. <laughs> not gonna argue. <laughs> Pretty easy, Marshall. Marshall, I'm going to say, he who wastes a single sentence on your website doesn't stand the value of mm. speaking specifically to your yeah. customer, right? Doesn't understand sales, doesn't understand marketing. I, I had this discussion again with another, uh, well, it was one of our distributors that I talked to every once in a while, you know, give him a call, check in, how's everything, you know? And sure. and he had a guy that was a, a, a detailer that has a common problem that many of us do you have these pesky customers that probably drive Prius that don't really want to do <laughs> what you keep wanting them to do. Right. Yes. So it's, it's analogy. I've said many a times and I, I explained it to him and I explained it to everybody is okay. If you look around and you've got pesky flies in your business, mm -hmm. your marketing is a pile of shit. Like yeah. it's true. Like you have attracted them. You have done it. If your Just website is listing a bunch of generic information and you get questions about, hey, you know, I'm just, just making sure I'm this, but I'm not really sure, you know, what we're thinking like, well, then it's way too generic. You're not specific and, and you're going to waste people's time. And, you know, and everybody else knows that's on the SEO and all the, the website stuff. You only have so much time to capture their attention and keep their attention. Oh, yeah. And you only have so many clicks before they click off. So. Yeah. You got to get very specific. You got to start talking to him. Now, the cool part from him, which we'll dial it in even further now that he's on Orbis X, but a cool part for him and a cool part for any Orbis X users is you should already have the data. It's awesome that Sean has his top 10, but you should already have your own top 10. That's yeah. top 10 global. You yeah. should, with data from Orbis X, have your top 10 most cars that customers own. You should. It's already in there. Yeah. I, that's, that's my point. Exactly. Like, you should have it. <laughs> so he said that he knows that 80%, and this is always a common thing, you can do that 80-20 rule, even on most of them, 80% of your customers will probably drive only about 20% types of it, right? It's going to yeah. be small. So you can be very specific if you know, for instance, he said he knows that 80% of his customers drove big trucks and large SUVs. Yeah. Cool. Then, dude, stop talking generic about what a ceramic coating is and start talking about, hey, you're a truck owner who wants to protect, you know, da 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 da. Hey, you just, you're a, a, a large SUV owner that, you know, you value such and such and such. So this is why we do X, Y, and Z, right? Like, mm -hmm. if you know your customer base has these vehicles, Stop talking. 
lyrically <laughs> and start talking to them. Start exactly. speaking to them. And yeah. here was the other aspect of the packages, all right? If you know, and this is a probably every detail, what packages do I have? You can answer this question every day for the next 10 years, and you'll just keep doing it, and that's okay. We always need to keep questioning, well, what packages do I have? So here was the other thing. Once you have, apologies, the voice. <clears throat> Once you know that you got 80%, let's say you're talking two truck owners, okay? Mm -hmm. And you've got a ceramic coating package with Uno that puts on a one-year coating. So many people want to go, all right, I got a small, a medium, and a large. Huh, yeah. Right. <laughs> now, Aaron had a great advice and just do one price. You know, it, it is. It is. And and I I added on to it in a sense. I played a little bit more chess with it instead of just generic. Is like you got to make that the large one too. Mm -hmm. You don't go to the middle on this. Make it the large price and stop talking about large vehicles. If you know that 80% of your customers have large vehicles, they have to read through small guy price, middle size yeah. guy price. And then he's got to go, well, yeah, I'm the guy that got the large one. So I'm going to pay more. Yep. Whereas you could flip it and go specialized truck owner. Oh, make up whatever feels special. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, lifted package, right? For people yeah. that are, have lifted truck, I make up whatever you want and just have it as that's the price. Now, yeah. there's a lot of people that are going to go, well, hold on. If I got somebody that calls with a Camry or calls, they do have a pretty, like, they do have a car, then hold, like, okay. But you had said that the majority of your customers are one way. And exactly. you want to talk to those people. Focus on those ones. So <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're gonna piss on somebody. <laughs> you're gonna yeah, yeah. you're gonna exclude somebody with this. But that's why you should know who your customer is and don't worry about these insulary people that randomly call. And if you want to have something special for them, then do something special for them. Make that as an at call, like you're in the game, you're making an audible, make an audible, all good. But start the game by playing with one specialized package yep. that talks specifically to who your main customer is. Mm -hmm. And then have that secondary be, hey, maybe you just put a for other cars or, you know, for a smaller car, call for price. I, you don't even have to do that, but you could just do something. You could put a FAQ. Hey, what if I have a smaller car? You like, then go over to a blog where yep. you can write there's a lot of things you can do. There's a lot of tail to this. So start there, simplified, but simplified directly at your customer base because Orbis X will tell you who your customer base is. So use the technology to your advantage and then speak directly to them. Yeah, man, I love that. And I'm a big fan of that. Your marketing ends up being a lot cheaper too because your conversion rates go up because your message is now clear yeah. and you're targeting a, even though it's a smaller audience in terms of like, let's say you could just broadcast generically to 5,000 people, you might only broadcast to 200, but out of those 200, you're going to convert 80 of them versus the other side, you might convert 40. 
and it's because your messages are so unclear. And even if you were to convert a higher number, your sales process in a generic campaign will be a nightmare. It's going to be a lot longer. You're going to have to answer a lot of different questions, this and that, versus if it's very specific, you've already answered a lot of questions for them. So that's where I agree 100%. We, we use that heavily. Most of the features that are in Orbisex, there are a lot of member submitted ones, of course, but most of them in there were pioneered and started because we needed them at our shop because we do exactly that. Like we have this one, we call it the working hands package. <laughs> Don't read into it, but it's a, uh, so it's for construction workers here um, so that they can, it does, there's two things we focus on for that. One is keeps their cool, uh, their truck cooler. So when they're parked on a job site, and it's middle of summer and they're parked there all day. They're out of their truck. They're doing this and that. The last thing they want to do is after they've been sweating, doing whatever outside. Get into a hot truck. truck now. <laughs> exactly. The second part, protect your tools at night. So when you park that work truck, nobody can see inside to see what tools you have or something. It's less, of, you know, uh, it's more of a deterrent for thieves. So those are the two things that we push for them. And then the third component of that is your boss will probably pay for this. Um, so that way, if we've got guys, there's a company here called Tomlinson. We do a lot of their trucks. And so all the trucks that get shipped out from the factory, guess what? The two front windows, not tinted. Guess what? No PPF, no ceramic coating, all of these things. Guy drives onto a job site and his truck's all dusty. Well, guess what? Tomlinson doesn't want him to leave the job site and have his car looking all dusty and everything. Because then when people see that, they're like, oh, geez, there's a Tomlinson truck. It's all filthy. He wants it to be driving down the road and every truck looks pristine. We know this. And so for that reason, we target them with those specific things. We got very specific because we started to realize anytime we do two front window tints, it's almost always a work truck. Almost always. If we're doing, you know, the, the full car or something like that, it's usually an Uber driver or something like that. He's got a Nissan Sentra or whatever it is. But we noticed two window tints. And the two window tints, we actually make more profit on than we do a full car tint because the time it takes us like 15 minutes and then boom, he's out the door. We charge him a hundred bucks versus doing the whole car. The car's taking up space. And that's the big thing. Like when you have a shop, your square footage, our goal, if I can get a car in and out in 15 to 20 minutes, that's the biggest win for us because it frees up that space for another vehicle to go in. So how many... Two front window tints can my guys do in an hour? Oh my God, eight to 10, easily. Versus how many full tints? You know, four to six, maybe. But the difference, the profit margin is just, it's so much higher with the two front window tints, bang them out. We do a little mini detail, charge it onto the bill, $85 for that, boom, he's out the door. He's good to go. Add an upsell for a ceramic coating. Yeah, we can coat this thing for one year so that see all that dust and everything from the job site. You won't have to worry about that. It'll be a piece of cake to maintain, blast it off with a pressure washer, those kinds of upsells. But we know who we're talking to. We understand what they're going through. And that was both my tip and your tip, apparently, today, <laughs> was know the questions your ideal customer is going to have so you can answer them with the right answer. Yeah. Well done. I like that, Marty. Yeah. And those, those tools, it's so crazy. Like we built the report card, I don't know, almost two years ago now. And that thing, I just threw it up one day thinking like, okay, I wanted to know how my shop was doing, how far along in the setup of Orbisex we were, um, you know, things like uh, what the percentage of genders were, you know, male versus female, stuff like that. I just threw it together one afternoon and it's been one of the best features that I get compliments on. It's like, man, it's so nice to just 
I click it and it just tells me right there, boom, one report. Oh, you're doing this. These are the years as well. That's important. What years of vehicles? Because if you find you're doing older vehicles, sell them something different than newer ones or vice versa, you know? So absolutely. Man, that was good. I like that. Oh. <laughs> Salute to that, man. <laughs> well, listen, yeah. So we won't keep it too much. I did send out uh, a package to Manny last week. Um, so well done on that answer. So your book will be arriving shortly. Um, this week, don't have anything for you, but next week I will have something for you guys as well because um, I'm just in the process of finishing your next book. And once that one's done, it'll be on its way. I might sign that one too. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I had to make myself feel special there. <laughs> but anyways, got some amazing stuff coming, guys. Uh, as you know as well, we just launched the SiriusXM radio integration. Uh, so whenever someone gets their car detailed at your shop, you can now uh, give them three months free of SiriusXM radio as well. Nice little bonus for people that like the radio. <laughs> anyway, I had to shameless plug it. But uh, Marty, listen, appreciate your time, man. Happy New Year as well. We'll see you next week. And uh, yeah, man, we'll have more, more to share. Hopefully, I've got some Picanha stories of my own to share next week. So Hopefully so, know. hopefully so. Yeah, thank you. I'll be picking it up this week. I'll fry up something nice and then... Uh, you know, won't be as good as what you had in Brazil, but I'll do my best here in Canada. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. Yeah, I told the guy that I was going to pass on his tips up there to, uh, yeah. to somebody in Canada. So absolutely. See, yeah. exactly. See, so you'll have to forward the picture over to him. See, there, there you go. go. I'm going to try the burgers. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do both. Obviously I'm not going to throw away the main cut, but mm -hmm. I'm going to, uh, I want to try the burgers. Yeah. we got to round it up. Yeah, uh, throw it on a flat yeah. skillet, smash them down. Mm. My God, yeah, yeah. nasty. I, I put it with those buns. You know those buns that are kind of like shiny on the outside. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're called. Whatever they are, delicious. Yeah, yeah. That's a fuck. Now I'm hungry, man. Look what you Let's did. Let's go. Let's go eat. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good week. Right. You too, man. We'll talk soon. All right, cheers.